Welcome to Coffee Talk with Linda. I'm Linda Davis. Thank you for joining me today. A little bit about myself before we get started. I love Jesus. I love coffee. And I love sharing both. So go grab your cup and let's talk. I love when God speaks in confirming ways. And recently, I had a situation where on three different days, God confirmed the same message in three different ways. So one was through a visual aid, seeing something, and I'm going to get into all the detail of it. Another was through a mouthpiece of the Lord speaking in the same vein. And then another was through the very word of God. To me, that's so powerful and such confirmation. It's encouraging. You know, some of this stuff, I'm not creative enough to work up on my own. So when something happens like this, I couldn't intertwine it knit it together on my own. And it's the Lord saying, I want you to pay attention. So you have to notice if there's a resounding theme, if something keeps coming up over and over and in different ways, you have to stop asking yourself, is God trying to tell me something? Is he trying to get my attention in a particular area? And he is, and I said to somebody recently, You know, I just think that we've boxed God in, and he's really been speaking to me over the last month, maybe, a little more, a little less, about the fact that he uses a lot of different ways to speak to us, to get his voice across to us, to get his message across to us. You know, what he's trying to individually lay upon our heart for our lives personally or for us to share for someone else to hear, or both, like for the overall body of Christ as a whole. So that's one of the reasons I'm sharing this this morning is that it's been very intertwined and it's been a resounding theme. And then last night, even as I went for a walk, there was yet another confirmation. So let's dig into this. And I'm just going to kind of share the journey as it unfolded for me personally. I think that's the best way to get the point across. Last Saturday, my husband and I were driving down the road, and right in front of my, my side of the window swooped down these two gray doves. Now, me personally, I didn't think that gray doves existed. I didn't realize, didn't really ever think about it, truthfully. (laughs) I didn't realize gray doves existed. So that really caught my attention. I'm like, were those doves? I knew they weren't pigeons because I had somebody ask me, were they pigeons? (laughs) And there's a good size difference between doves and pigeons. And so I was trying to find where they went. I was looking around for them. And then they swooped down a second time, and that's significant. They swooped down a second time in front of my passenger side of the, 
window, the door passenger side. I'm like, okay, those were definitely doves. And as, as they flew off, the Lord spoke to my heart and he said, I'm about to double your promises. And so in one sense, you can say, okay, where is that biblically? Well, our ladder will be greater. It's going to be better than it was before. You know, the shake off the old, the new's better. That doesn't necessarily say double. But, you know, he does promise in Malachi chapter 3 that, you know, he'll open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing we can't contain. And so I don't want to get lost in all those scriptures, but you can do a word study on it if you want. But that is what he spoke to my heart. I'm about to double the promises. So, well, praise the Lord. And so that was that. And really truthfully kind of forgot about it. I did let it rest in my heart, if that makes sense. It's not that I just was discarded it. It just, okay, that's what the Lord said. I'll watch and see him do it. Forget about it kind of thing. So the next morning, my husband and I head to church. We were visiting a church, a friend of ours, and she begins to minister on God is going to give you double for your trouble. Well, praise God. <laughs> and right away, of course, the gray doves come back to my mind. And she begins to minister. She goes to Isaiah 61. And she really goes down to verse 7. And I mean, she's talking about in... Let me actually turn there for a moment. She's talking about in Isaiah 61. I'm trying to find which verse it really is. Oh, down in uh, verse 4. And they shall build the ancient ruins, and they shall raise up the former desolations. You know, and this is something, you know, that's really important. They, that's you and me. We're the, we're the ones. We're the ones that set free. We get set free. We repair the ruins. Once we're set free, we can help others be set free. We can't, you can't. If you're locked up in a prison cell, how can you unlock the guy next to you in the cell next to you? You can't. But if you've been set free and you've been given the key, you certainly can walk right up to their door and unlock their door and help them to walk into freedom. And then how it talks about, you know, uh, we'll be priests and kings. And the aliens in verse five shall stand ready and feed your flocks and foreigners shall be your plowmen in your vine dresses. In other words, it's coming to you. So this was all confirmation to me of what the Lord was speaking about our promises being doubled. You know, and I don't want to miss in verse seven. Oh, I'm sorry. In verse six, it says, you shall be called the priests of the Lord. People will speak of you as the ministers of God. You'll eat the wealth of the nations and the glory shall be yours. For the purposes of the Lord, not just as, that's not talking about looking, oh, so everybody will look at me and say how awesome I is. I am. No, that's to look and say, God cannot be denied in your life. There's a difference. Uh, what are you looking for the accolades for? That's a heart issue. Are we looking for the accolades to say how awesome we are? Or are we looking for the accolades so it can be said, God cannot be denied in my life. That's what I want. That's what I want people to look at me and say, God cannot be denied in her life. And then in verse seven, instead of your former shame, you shall have a twofold 
twofold recompense, double. Twofold is double. So there's your scripture, your word that we t- I talked about a word study earlier. It's right here in the verse we're reading. Twofold recompense instead of dishonor and reproach. Your people shall rejoice in their portion. In their land, they shall possess double what they had forfeited. Everlasting joy shall be theirs. In their land, that means where you are right now, where you're positioned, where God has placed you. Double, double for your trouble. I'm about to double your promises. Whatever's been robbed, whatever's been taken from you, double for that. Pain, double. Disappointment, double. Guilt and shame, double. A broken heart, double. Frustration, double. Dry and barren, double. Any of it. But you have to make the exchange. You have to be willing. He'll give us double. When we've been in a dry and barren land, he'll give us double the rain for it. And I believe that God is speaking a lot of times once it gets close to September and then once it gets close to December, January, the Lord begins to speak to me as heart for the year. And on Tuesday afternoon, I was preparing a message last Tuesday afternoon for Java and Jesus. It's a Bible study I do in the town I live in on Tuesday nights for women. And I begin to prepare to share with them about the double promises. And the Lord spoke to me for the woman, for everybody to begin to prepare yourself for 2019 because it will be a year of our vats overflowing, overflowing. And for us spiritually to get the nursery ready because everything we carried in 2018 and carrying something's uncomfortable. Just ask a woman that's been pregnant. It's discomfort. It's change. It causes you to change things in your life. Your habits, the way you sleep, the way you eat, what you wear, all of it's uncomfortable. But so everything you carried in 2018 you're about to deliver in 2019. So prepare, prepare now, be ready for that now. And those that have kept clean hands and a pure heart, those that have kept their face set like flint, you're about to have your promises doubled in your life. Double for every loss that you experienced in 2018 and even before that, you're receiving it. So in Isaiah 61, so last Tuesday, like I said, I was beginning to prepare for Java and Jesus, and I wanted to go to this Isaiah 61, and I wanted to talk about the great exchange, I like to call it. And my daughter-in-law, Erica, was going to be sharing, and I asked what her words she was going to share was, and then I was going to come in after that. And so she said that it was going to be coming out better and stronger than you went in. So that really lines up with all this. So I said, okay, I'm going to go. I'm going to talk about Isaiah 61 to myself, the great exchange. And I love this scripture and I've ministered on it before and about what, you know, we have to, if we want the beauty, that crown of diadem, we have to give the ashes. You know, if we want 
the oil of joy. We have to give our mourning. There's a great exchange that takes place. You know, if we, if we want that garment of praise, we have to give him our heavy burdened spirit. We have to do those things. And so in Isaiah 61, back up at verse three, it says to grant to those who mourn in Zion. Now don't miss that. Grant to those who mourn in Zion to give them an ornament of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a heavy burdened and failing spirit. I'm reading from the Amplified. So to those who mourn in Zion, he's promising an ornament of beauty instead. He's promising the oil of joy instead of mourning. And so I'm reading on this, and then I go down and read those verses I already read to you, four, five, and six. And all of a sudden, as I'm writing down my notes and preparing for that night, the picture of those two doves comes back to my mind. And I'm like, okay, that's interesting. God's trying to highlight something to me about this. And even as that picture came back to my mind, I pondered again, why, why were they gray? Like, gray makes me nervous, <laughs> you know? Gray is ashes, first of all, actually, just thinking about that now. That's what ashes, that's awesome. That's what ashes look like when they've been burned up, right? Something gets burned up, no matter what you burn up, ashes are gray. You know, when you go to ever dig ashes out of a fireplace, they're gray. That's really good, actually. And so these doves were gray. And so I'm like, I'm going to Google it. And so I Googled gray doves. And this is what I'm talking about right here. This is how I couldn't have pulled this all together on my own. I couldn't have created this. Well, maybe I could have. But the fact that it just came out to play just blew me away. So remember, I saw the two doves on Saturday. On Sunday, I heard a word being ministered from Isaiah 61, which caused me to go back to it on Tuesday. And as I read on Tuesday, the portion I was going to share at our Java in Jesus, it talks about mourning. Well, the gray doves are called mourning doves, not as in the time of day, but as in grieving. They are a mourning dove. Never even knew they existed. And here they are confirming the word of the Lord. So in our morning, as I saw those doves, in our morning, double promises for that. You know, for my husband and I, it's been a long year, year and a half. So there's been some loss. Now, now it hasn't been a deep grieving morning, no. But it's still unfulfilled promises, um, unfulfilled uh, expectations, in other words, how you expected it to go in, in several different areas of our lives. And so that is a mourning. You know, disappointment is a mourning. And so I just couldn't believe that these doves were mourning doves. Just couldn't believe it. And I'm like, oh my goodness. And I saw so Google, the picture came up and I'm like, that's exactly the dove that I saw, that's it. And the reason they're called morning doves is because the noise they make. It actually sounds like someone that's crying. 
That's some, someone that's, you know, that deeper, someone that's mourning. You know, you're not just crying, you're mourning. It's a mourning cry. And so they, they kind of sound like that. And so for me, when that all got brought together, it just blew me away. And it's it, the Lord saying, I'm going to double your promises. If you'll make the exchange, if you'll keep your heart pure, if in those places of disappointment, you won't look to man, you won't blame man, none of that. You'll remain in me. You'll rely on me. You'll trust in me. That person will receive double promises. That person. It's about the struggle, the battle, the frustration. Will you make the swap? It's up to you. It's up to me. Will we give this to the Lord and trust him in it and watch what he turns around and makes of it for us? He wants to take our ashes and hand us beauty. Remember, even the ashes are gray. And so if we'll do that, if we'll give him our ashes and then we receive that diadem of beauty, right? Garland of beauty, crown of beauty, whatever you want to call it. What, what's, what's the impact of that? The impact of that is we don't even smell like smoke. In other words, we don't resemble what we've been through. That's powerful right there. When we don't resemble what we've been through, we've been through the fire and we don't even smell like smoke. When people can look at us now, where we are now, but hear our true testimony and look at us and say, I would never guess that in a million years. I never would have put that kind of testimony on you. That is not even smelling like smoke. That is, that is a Daniel 3 experience. That is coming out of the fire and not even smelling like smoke when we don't resemble what we've been through. So jump over to Daniel 3 for a second because I want to show you this. This is so good. And now for, for Radshak, Meshach, and Abednego, Abednego, they went in to the fire out of obedience, okay? They were led there by God. They were set up by God. You know, when I look at a few circumstances in mine, in my husband's life over the last year and a half, and he literally escorted us to the fire. He literally escorted us to the fire. Now, there were other players, other contenders, other components for sure, just like with Radshak, Meshach, and Abednego, there's other players involved here. But God still led us to that place. And what were we going to do in that place? Were we going to remain in obedience? Were we going to turn around and bow to something or someone else? Or were we going to, were we going to remain to the direction we knew the Lord was leading us, even if we remained alone? Were we going to remain steadfast in a difficult season, a difficult place, and trust the Lord, rely on the Lord? It's not easy when you're led to the fire and you're honestly telling God, I don't understand. I've been faithful. I've been obedient. And truthfully, I think as people, we expect every time we're obedient for it to be easy and there to be blessings. And sometimes the Lord's uh, requiring obedience 
from us for more refining. So in Daniel chapter three, I'm just gonna jump. I'm not gonna read all of it for sake of time. But basically, Radshak, Meshach, and Abednego would not bow down to the king. That's the short version. You can go read it in Daniel 3. And so now they're going to be thrown into the fire. They've been thrown into the fire, actually. And in verse 27, it says, And the satraps, the deputies, the governors, and the king's counselors gathered around together and saw these men. So everybody's watching that the fire had no power upon their bodies. And I promise you, people are watching as you go through fires in your life. They may even be judging the fire you're in, not knowing it was the Lord that led you there to bring you out to not smell like smoke and to give you promotion. So the fire had no power upon their bodies, nor was the hair of their heads singed. Neither were their garments scorched or changed in color or condition, nor had even the smell of smoke clung to them. That's powerful right there. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants. This is why, who believed in, trusted, and relied on him. And they set aside the king's command and yielded their bodies rather than serve or worship any God except their own God. Therefore, therefore, there's a reason to this. Therefore, make a decree that any people nation and language that speaks anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces and their houses be made a dunghill for there is no other God who can deliver in this way. And this is key too in verse 30. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. See, they were obedient. Their obedience cost them But in the middle of paying the price, they still trusted their God and they came out not smelling like smoke and they received promotion. That is awesome. And everybody saw it. Everybody saw it. And that's the awesome thing. The Lord's going to let some people see your promotion so that not, not even for you so that they can see the mighty work of the Lord that was done for affirmation of God in your life. That's why. See, it's not about us. If we stop thinking that this whole thing's about us, that's where we miss it. That's where our hearts get out of check. And so really quick, I want you to go to Ezekiel, Ezekiel chapter 12, if you, if you have your Bible with you. So let's be in obedience. Let's hang on. Don't give up. Make the exchange. Let that exchange take place and you'll receive double promises in the Lord. Nothing can stop it. You know, I I referred to Malachi 3 earlier and that he'll open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that cannot be contained. And he's talking about bringing the tithe to the storehouse. Okay, he's talking about obedience. Okay, so if we can walk into if we can walk in obedience, test him in this area. You can't obey for a week or two and then get frustrated. No, sometimes it's years and years and years of obedience, and then we see the promises fulfilled. Then we're not even smelling like smoke because our hearts remained pure. And then the promotion comes, and God is glorified in it. God is glorified in it. And so in Ezekiel chapter 12, I love this portion. Verse three, 
Therefore, son of man, God is talking to Ezekiel. Prepare your belongings for removing and going into exile and move out by day in their sight. And you shall remove from your place to another place in their sight. And it may be they will consider and perceive that they are a rebellious house. And you shall bring forth your baggage by day in their sight as baggage for removing into exile. And you shall go forth yourself at evening in their sight. God is going to do some things in the sight of other people. For purpose, for purpose. Verse six, in their sight, you shall bear your baggage upon your shoulder and carry it forth in the dark. And you shall cover your face so that you cannot see the land. For I have set you as a sign for Israel. And Ezekiel, it says, and I did as I was commanded. So I was in obedience, basically. And so then let's jump to the end of Ezekiel for, for time purposes. We're almost out of time. Tell them, uh, verse 23. This is the thing here. It's the fulfillment of prophetic utterance. God's going to do what he said he's going to do. And we say that a lot, but we have to understand God is going to do what he said he's going to do. We have to ask, will it be through us? Will we be the vessel, the one he originally intended? Will we allow ourselves to get pitched into the fire while everybody's watching to see what's going to happen? to remain in a place of trust in him, to come out of it not even smelling like smoke, receiving the promotion that he has for us? Will we test him in the area through our obedience? So in verse 23 of Ezekiel chapter 12, tell them therefore, says the Lord, I will put an end to this proverb and they shall use it no more as a proverb in Israel, but say to them, the days are at hand in the fulfillment of every vision. For there shall be no more any false, empty, and fruitless vision or flattering divination in the house of Israel. For I am the Lord, and I will speak, and the word that I speak shall be performed. So if God has said it, and that's key, if God spoke it to you himself through a dream, through through peace in your heart, through something you saw, through a vision, through a mouthpiece, through a prophetic voice. If God, if it was truly God speaking to you and you remained in obedience, you remained the willing vessel, it will be manifested in your life. It will be. I will speak in the word that I shall speak shall be performed. It shall be no more delayed. When God says no more delay, there's no more delay. When God says the delay is up, the delay is up. It shall be no more delayed or prolonged. For in your days, O rebellious house, I will speak the word and I will perform it, says the Lord God. Nothing can stop the double promises of God in your life when you remain in him, when you rely in him, and when you trust in him. So the real question remains, are you ready? Is your heart ready? Keep the little foxes out. Keep yourself in position. Keep yourself prepared in the Lord. Be ready for what he's trying to bring out of you in this upcoming season. Stay ready, remain ready. You know, I heard a song just yesterday 
And in it was a prophetic song and it said, I'm going to do the unexpected. And so let's expect the unexpected, if that makes sense. Let's raise our level of expectation. Let's raise our level of trust. Let's even raise our level of obedience. Let's make sure we're sacrificially obeying the Lord. And yes, there's a lot of uh, sacrificial obedience. In other words, we've got to kill our flesh. You know, we can look at it as when we're raising our kids, right? We know when we're putting a demand on them to obey that it's for their best interests, whether it's their physical being, their emotional being, whatever it might be, it's for their best interests. They might not understand it. See, and they don't have the uh, ability and, and or the right to interpret what we say how they want to interpret it. And we do that today. We interpret biblical commands how we want to interpret them. Kids don't have the right to do that. They can't say to us, oh, mom, oh, dad, I thought you meant this. I, I took what you said as this. No, that's not what I said. You know what I said, now go do it. And I think sometimes God's trying to say to us, that's not what I said. You know what I said, now go do it. If you want the double promises fulfilled in your life. If you don't, then continue on the path you're on. But don't be frustrated at God when you're not walking in the fulfillment of prophetic utterances over your life. 